People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 427. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We have a, in my opinion, a special episode today. My boyfriend is joining us. Hi, Pat! Hi, Pat! Hello, everyone. It's nice to have you on. Pat himself, a longtime listener of Millennial. Very true. And when he told me he was a patron, I was like, that's it. I'm dating you. Sounds great. Oh, my God, Pat. Thank you so much for your support. He's still a patron, too. Isn't that nice? That's really sweet. (laughs) Pat, tell us about yourself. Where do you live? (laughs) Well, I live in Chicago, maybe like a 10-minute walk away from you. Oh. Um, What else? I've been here going on six years now. Mm -hmm. You've only been shot four times, is that correct? Four and a half. Okay. They just grazed you one time? Yeah. That's nice. Nothing a Band-Aid couldn't fix. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever people ask me how Chicago is, I always go, and I've only been shot three times. <laughs> um, th- tell the audience how we met. Um, so what would it be about almost a year now? I don't know. You were looking, f- you had said something on the show about wanting recommendations of like how to live in the city basically how to find a sublease or whatnot so um i'm a part of different groups on facebook like chicago gypsy housing and stuff like that where it's for artists who usually leave the city for a while and need to sublet out their apartments or condos or studios or whatnot to other artists so i emailed back and said like here's a link to this one and a couple others I mentioned something about we could be each other's wingmen in Boys Town. <laughs> and then we ended up meeting up after market days in the city and got pizza. And with Eric, it yes. wasn't a date. Yeah. It was just me and Eric from MuggleCast being like, hey, this guy wants to hang out. Let's hang out with him. And yeah, then we got deep dish. Yeah. And yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. We deep dished. And then, and then the reason we can pinpoint the exact day very easily that we first met is because Eric also took a picture of us at Wrigley Field. In fact, I remember we were walking by the baseball stadium and Eric was like, oh, you're new here. You know, we got to take a picture of you. And I didn't want to stand there by myself like an idiot. And I didn't want Pat to see me standing there like myself, standing there by myself looking like an idiot. So I was like, Pat, come over here. And then we took the picture together. So that it was sweet. It's sweet to have a photo of our first. Yeah, day. like literally the first time we ever met. Yeah. Because I am also like a person who didn't know what any of you guys looked like. So <laughs> before meeting up for pizza, I was like, oh, I don't even know who I'm meeting. I should probably, you know, find a face. Uh-huh. Um, so I figured out what you looked like. And then there we go. Oh, good. Um, and then you were chaperoned on your first date by Eric Skull. <laughs> <laughs> Eric brings True. people together, I, w- I will say. Um, and then we were kind of, we were dating for a while, but we didn't make things official for the longest time. Yeah, because we were both we were, just too awkward. 
both awkward, but for me, I was nervous because that's a obviously a big commitment. Like once you once you're in a relationship with somebody, that's it. And so we only ended up officially being together one drunken night <laughs> at Roscoe's in Boys Town. We were both very drunk, and it was only thanks to all that alcohol that I was able to muster up the courage to say. I love you on the dance floor. It was so straight out of queer as folk. Yeah. And And I was uh, super nervous too, because I had been single for over two years, like by choice, mm -hmm. because I didn't want to do the dating app thing. I was like, I'm just going to let whatever happen happen. So the fact that I was single for two years and this was the first person that I actually like kind of liked. So yeah, super nervous. Uh, Speaking about that, what is it like dating a podcasting superstar? Um, well, I don't know. What? <laughs> oh, I get it. Fuck. Oh, turn that around. All right. Well, it's nice to have you on, Pat. Um, we should also mention you are from Wisconsin. Yes. So that you... dialect will probably come through a little bit, even though I try to hold it back. Can you please say bag and bagel? Bag, bagel. Uh, it's a little hard to hear over this connection, but he goes big. And it's so cute. Please never change. <laughs> we'll see. Something will come out. I'm sure it will. Also, fun fact about Pat: he is colorblind. Yes. Very sad, but I'm I'm happy to help him with his handicap. It's actually so adorable when he says something's a color and it's not. I'm like, oh, my little handicap boyfriend. It's purple, sweetie. It's not blue. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wow, Andrew, you're really endearing yourself to your boyfriend right now. I'm making him uncomfortable. He's like, why did I sign up for this abuse? I should have just (laughs) said no. No, he talks about his colorblindness. I do. I'm very open with it now because if I go shopping alone, I'll be like, hey, cashier person, what color is this? Yeah. Like if I'm looking for a shirt or something. So it doesn't bother me anymore. (laughs) You've learned to accept who you are. Basically. I think that's fantastic. You are a farmer boy, and um, we're going to talk about farm life in a second. But uh, ladies, did you have a good 4th of July? Yeah, I didn't really do anything. As I stated on last week's episode, I had no plans. Um, We did end up having a few friends over, and Mark prepared veggie hot dogs for me. Nice. There's that. Independence from real meat. Exactly. (laughs) How about you, Pam? Um, I didn't do very much either, but my mom, uh, she works in a, in a very small community. So I took one for the team and went to help her out because she had parade duty. So it's nice. just like handing, like helping kids put fake tattoos on and stuff like that. So that was kind of nice. But it was just like a few hours in the morning and then I didn't do anything either. Do you two have fireworks going off near you? Did your dogs freak out? Oh, yeah. yeah. People, this is my favorite game to play in Georgia in the summer. It's... Are those sounds gunshots or fireworks? You're never really sure. <laughs> Isn't it something about echoing? I don't know how true this is. Like, gunshots don't, like, one of them doesn't echo, and that's how you know. I, I'm not, like, I guess I didn't grow up in the rough and tough neighborhood that would need to know this, but. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. I mean, I assume on the 4th they were mostly fireworks. <laughs> but who knows? This is an open Not carry like state. Cel- celebratory you know? gunshots because America. <laughs> I mean, people, I've seen people do it. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. This I is like the understand. For me this is the first year that I've lived in a county that where fireworks are legal cuz I grew up in a county where fireworks were illegal so nobody ever did them, you know? And then mm. in contrast now my my room faces the street and they're just like going off five feet away from my window and my dog was not having it. He was very unhappy. Uh, yeah, that's why I asked because I'm pretty close to people just shoot firework fireworks off everywhere around here. And I took Pat and I took him out to uh, the park thinking that the fire, well, at least I thought that the fireworks wouldn't be shot off so close by, but people are feet away from you shooting off fireworks. I, frankly, I found it very dangerous. Um, but so Brooklyn was, of course, losing his mind, and that's the first time he ever really freaked out. And it was kind of cute, actually. <laughs> but then Pat drunkenly brought him back here and took care of him. So this episode will be released Tuesday morning. Donald Trump is announcing his Supreme Court pick on Monday night, shortly before we are recording. So we don't have anything to say, or, you know, we don't know who exactly it is yet. But um, stay tuned to next week's episode. We will react. Um, And the timing will actually be good because, like we said, we're going to have one of our listeners on who is a Republican, Parker. He's going to be joining us. So that'll be that'll be cool. Um, but so Pat, since, um, you are a farmer boy, you are actually very passionate about milk. This is something that surprised me about you. Pat has a lot of passions, ones that I don't have, which was, um, nice to have in a partner, just being introduced to new things. Um, so you grew up on a farm, right? You do, you would do everything, including milking the cows, getting up butt early to do that. <laughs> Yeah, so I grew up on a dairy farm in southeastern Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, how our farm was set up, it was like our grand my grandparents lived across the driveway from our house, so like legit in the same farm. Um, and from the time I was probably five, five or six, I had to start doing chores, so like feeding calves at the time, like when I was little, because obviously I couldn't carry a bunch of stuff. Um, But then when I turned 13, my dad was like, okay, you're a teenager, better start milking. (laughs) So I had to start milking morning and night before school, after school. Um, That went through until about like high school when I was able to drive, and then I started to join everything I could. Also, when I got into theater and like track and field and all this other kind of stuff. Um, so you didn't have to farm anymore? Was that the purpose? Yeah, like basically if I had something scheduled, then I got out of it. But if I didn't have anything and I was home, there was no choice. I had to like be out in the barn milking cows at night or in the morning. Yeah. Um, and, and your parents still operate that dairy farm. Yeah. Yep. They're still going. They built a new barn a couple of uh, probably five years ago now to make everything mm-hmm. easier yeah um so the herd and stuff has grown which is good do you name the cows only the ones that we bring to the fair to show oh okay yeah Yeah. otherwise you register them and they all have special numbers that are technically their names Mm -hmm. um it's very sweet yeah (laughs) (laughs) so one thing that i kind of learned from you is about regular milk like two percent versus non-fat milk you taught me about 
why drinking regular milk is actually healthier than non-fat. One would think, oh, I'll drink non-fat milk because, you know, I'm on a diet or something. But actually, that's probably worse than drinking regular milk. Can you explain that? Yeah, for sure. So for when you're drinking, like we all know there's the four, the four fat contents of milk where it's whole milk and then 2%, 1% and skim. Um, a lot of people think that whole milk is going to have like a fuck ton of fat when really it doesn't. It only has like at most of 3.25%. So really drinking that is going to be the most healthy for you because what most people don't realize is when they're processing milk in the milk plants, they when they're taking out the good fat, they're adding in more of the sugar, so more of the lactose. So really... A glass of skim milk has as much sugar as you should consume in an entire day. Ugh. Oh, shit. The, yeah. Yeah, the amount of, of lactose that they're adding in is just so much sugar content that mm. really you're doing nothing for yourself by drinking it. Mm. Yeah, see, and I thought since milk is just by nature a very... Um, or not by name. It's it's a very natural product. I didn't think that they would actually be loading it up with sugar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes for anything when you're drinking or eating, consuming anything, low fat or non-fat. If they're taking it out, they're adding something in that's not going to be healthy for you. And then it also pisses you off when any form of food describes itself as antibiotic free or GMO free. Why is that? You think they're lying? Oh, well, not that they're not... Not that they're lying, it's just that it's a useless thing. It's like a scare tactic for them to use. Like any form of milk or meat or anything like that all has to be tested for antibiotics in order to be even put like on the market or butchered or anything like that. Because all all antibiotics have a lifespan inside of the animal that they're in. So if that antibiotic is in it, like for example, for milk, that cow's milk is then removed from the rest of the herd's milk and is tested every single time you milk it until it's clean. Because what Mm. most people don't realize is that if antibiotics or anything like that get into a milk tank and then that gets into a truck, that entire truck has to be dumped at the farmer's expense. Mm. So there could be 12 farms in one truck and that one farmer who messed up has to pay for all of the milk of that entire truckload if wow. any sort of a- antibiotics or anything like that is caught in it. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they put antibiotic-free or GMO-free to make you feel more comfortable about it, even though it's all antibiotic-free or GMO-free to begin with. Yeah, and then you have like the companies like, for example, Subway, who I love, but they're all like, oh, we got antibiotic-free chicken. Well, of course it is, because it can't be butchered if it has antibiotics in it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he regularly gets mad about this. I do. Like, calm down, <laughs> Damn, I just, I legit just learned something new today. Mm-hmm. And then you also hate, like, alternative milk. Like, I bought, um, I bought uh, almond milk for my protein shakes that I've been drinking recently because that's what the protein powder recommends on the side of the bottle. And then he gets all mad at me because you call it what? It's not juice. It's not milk. That's gross. I will never refer to any of those plant juices as milk. (laughs) That's that's 
Gross. Um, but I also, agree. I'm lactose intolerant, so now all I'm going to be thinking when I use almond milk is nut juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. there is a fun fact that I actually just remember today, that actually over in the EU about a year ago, they put through a plan, and I don't know if it's still in effect or fully went into effect, that any plant-based substance could not be called like milk or cheese or anything like that. And it had to be called nut juice or like cashew <laughs> juice or something like that, almond juice. Gross. <laughs> wow. Like I how, guess I get it, but how do you feel about you can't milk and almond? Right. And exactly. like, oh my god. How do you feel about coconut milk? Same way. I mean, that I guess is a little bit different because it is a milky substance that comes out of the coconut. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's fine. All right. I don't so like coconut, I, so I'll never consume that. I drink coconut milk, so I'm in the clear. Pat okay. doesn't eat me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and something else I learned from you is that farmers actually have no control over what they get paid for the price of milk. Right. Which, that really sucks. And this has been affecting your family, right? Yeah, it's been affecting them a lot, especially lately. Um to kind of go into it, and I, I guess because I don't really understand tariffs all that much, but what it seems like is happening is Trump is throwing tariffs specifically at like Canada for steel and all that kind of stuff. So then in return, Canada has turned around and said, okay, well, there's going to be a tariff on all U.S. dairy products. So because of that, they're not going to be buying a lot because of the way that their dairy system is set up. So everything is becoming a surplus here, which is lowering the price of the price that the farmers will get paid for. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, I talked to my parents this last week and they said that in their last milk check, they got $15 per hundred pounds of milk. So if you think about it, there's each gallon of milk is eight pounds. So there's 12 and a half gallons per hundred pounds of milk, which means that my parents got one dollar and twenty cents per gallon of milk that they sold wow and that's the price right now and they're showing that the future prices because they always price out milk three to six months in advance the future prices are going down even further where it's looking like they'll be making less than 13 dollars per hundred pounds in a couple months wow and and i mean your parents, you don't, Pat's afraid to ask his parents, but your parents might have voted for Trump. And surely a lot of milk farmers, a lot of farmers out there voted for Trump as well. So it's like they they voted for this guy who's now screwing them over. And I know this has been a subject um, across the country due to these tariffs. Yeah, exactly. I think you should ask your parents. <laughs> I'm afraid of the answer. <laughs> Uh, I will say, like, there is one thing bringing up how Pam said, like, lactose intolerant and everything. Um, One thing that is an alternative milk that is newer to the market, newer as in, like, the 80s it started, but now it's getting, like, more popular now, is what scientists have discovered is that only 5 to 7% of the 20% of the population that is lactose intolerant is actually lactose intolerant. What they're figuring out is that the rest of the percentage is actually, um, it's a protein intolerance. So there's Mm. 
two different types of proteins in milk where all of these lactose intolerant people are now able to drink what's called A2 milk, like A like apple, two, mm-hmm. um, where it's a different type of protein. So these people who have the protein deficiency are able to drink this and have no symptoms whatsoever, unlike the other milks, which are a mix of A1 and A2. Mm-hmm. So these ones are just like solely A2 and then every like all of these people now can drink real cow's milk instead of the alternative nut juices. Interesting. That you is mean cool. Milk. <laughs> Where could somebody get A2 milk? Um, right now there is a website that's, uh, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it is specifically for this one brand that's called A2, which comes out, they process it all in California so California okay. has the most population, or I, I don't know if that's the right word, population of that kind of milk now. Um, but it is starting to spread further throughout the country because there are, they know that there's certain breeds of cows that only produce that protein. So mm-hmm. they're starting to like try to make farms that only have that breed so that all they can still drink natural milk instead mm. of the processed milks. I was going to say, I feel like I've seen A2 milk when I'm getting my nut juice <laughs> at the supermarket or at the local market. But I also live now, like we moved and my family lives in a community that is farming and also has a lot of dairy farms. And we live up in Sonoma County. Oh, okay. So there's a lot, I'm sure like that is familiar to you if you're in the business. Cause I feel like a lot of our dairy gets produced out there too. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. And it looks like it's just a two milk.com. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So, Pat, actually, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this week in particular is because one of our advertisers this week is Beachbody On Demand, and Pat uses it. This is his whole workout regime. They are, for anybody who doesn't know, an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a ton of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your living room 24-7. This is the company behind P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, T25, Brazil Butt Lift, Payo, three-week yoga retreat, and a lot more. They have an amazing array of workouts for all fitness levels, from the bodybuilder to somebody who just wants to get in some yoga during the day. Um, And it really is easy to fit in during the day. Beachbody On Demand lets you work out where you want, when you want, thanks to their apps, which are compatible with all your smart devices like your tablet, your phone, your computer, whichever device you have in arm's reach. Uh, Pat, how long have you been using Beachbody now? Um, It's going on two full years. And and I'm not lying, right? Like It, it is your workout regimen. Oh, yeah. I love it. I Since I started my, I guess people call it fitness journey... Um, I've lost like 45 pounds mainly using Beachbody. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone through probably 10 of their programs fully from beginning to end following the calendars because the calendars lay out everything so easy. So if you have that calendar printed out and you just know, Hey, I got to do this one today. There's no excuse of you being like, Oh, I got to figure out what I want to do. Like it's all planned for you. So I just get home from work I go to my Apple TV and I'm like, okay, right now I'm in T25. I'm in the third calendar of it. So I knew that today I had to do speed 3.0. So I did it, knocked it out. 25 minutes, I was done. Yeah, yeah. And it works for him. 
Oh boy, does it work. Can we post some <laughs> nudes of you um, on the website? Would that be possible? I mean, how much money will I get from them? <laughs> we'll refund you a month of Patreon. How about that? Well, I think I'm <laughs> worth more than $5. You are, sweetie. You are. <laughs> so anyway, um, we really recommend you give Beachbody On Demand a try. It absolutely works. And and when they first started advertising with us, I was so happy that they did because I knew it worked. Because I, I know that it works for Pat. Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text MIL to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, all the nutrition information and support, totally free. And it's so easy to sign up. Just text MIL to 303030. Do it right now. Right now. Unless you're driving. Do it right now. All right, we still have a lot more to talk about today. Let's start with some news. Yeah, so I was really excited that Pat came on to talk about milk at the beginning of the show because we have another story about a different kind of milk. This isn't nut milk, uh, but it's nipple milk. So <laughs> last Something week... Something he's not an expert in. <laughs> last week, the United States actually blocked a United Nations resolution that would have promoted breastfeeding. So this measure was introduced by Ecuador um, with most of the rest of the world co-sponsoring it. And it would have encouraged countries to make breastfeeding legal in all public places and also pass laws restricting the kind of misleading and false claims that baby formula manufacturers are known to make. Um, So baby formula manufacturers often tend to make these outlandish claims that their milk is more nutritious for babies, which is just untrue. Um, hashtag Noda to big, big formula. Um, (laughs) So the crazy thing about this, at first, the US delegation really tried to water down the language in the resolution. And when that didn't work, the US delegation just basically told Ecuador uh, that if they refused to drop the resolution, then Washington would unleash punishing trade measures and withdraw crucial military aid from Ecuador, which of course caused the Ecuadorian government Um, to quickly withdraw the resolution. But then, following up on this, guess who swooped in to save the day? Just take a guess. Our good friends, the Russians. So (laughs) (laughs) they came in at the last minute and offered to sponsor the resolution and ensure that it passed. So... It did. And then finally, when Russia was on board, the U.S. got on board, which oh yeah, which made us look like a bunch of assholes. Let's be honest, because we didn't even try to fight Russia on this. It was like it was it was literally like the U.S. was like, oh, our comrades are doing this. OK, well, we're going to do this as well. Um, so it basically just made us look like a bunch of dick bags um, and Russian stooges, honestly. And in terms of like a PR Uh, perspective on a global scale it makes russia look like a world leader and makes us look like followers and losers as president trump might say so this is pretty embarrassing um and it does kind of raise the question about how much americans should care about america's presence on the world stage is this something we should be taking with us to the voting booth should we be voting based on how we think our government is going to represent us in the age of globalization, where America is very quickly becoming eclipsed by other world powers. Yeah. 
yeah, when when time and time again, we we used to be the world leader. We used to make cool decisions. We used to be part of the team. And now we're the outlaws. And and in this case, it's just so stupid. Like, do we even know why they voted no? Is he trying to save uh, Gerber employees? Like, what, what does the Trump administration have to gain from smacking down this breastfeeding endorsement? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, we don't even know that Trump even knew about this when it was happening. Um, because a lot of uh, UN officials have come out and said that the delegation just kind of went rogue. And they think that it might be because the Trump administration is taking its cues from private private corporations, um, like the like the formula industry, right? Big formula. Right. So I mean, seeing what they do with the coal industry, with mm-hmm. the auto manufacturer industry, but this just seems so small, and, and this is a health issue, not that they ever cared about us breathing safely, but I don't know, this was, this one was just really bizarre. Yeah, it is very odd, because, uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like the US, like, I've lived abroad, and um, it wasn't until I lived abroad that I realized how strange how strangely formula is regarded because it seems Uh, like in a lot of other countries around the world people are like i i make milk for free in this booby (laughs) so why would why would i need to go out and buy powdered formula in order to get the same effect of course there are definitely cases where it's warranted like the case where you know a baby might not latch or a mother may not be able to produce enough breast milk there are a million different reasons why it's totally valid to make the decision to use formula over breast milk. Um, but when you look at the amount of money that goes into this industry, the industry is worth more than $70 billion. And it is based almost exclusively in the US. It's hard not to look at that and draw like a connection <laughs> and see that this is another example of a big company influencing u.s decisions not just domestically but on the world stage yeah i was thinking about that too where with it being so big in the u.s i was wondering if it kind of has to do with the way women have to fight in the country here like i talked was talking to my mom about this a couple years ago and she was like the reason why i didn't breastfeed either you or your brother was because as soon as I needed to, I needed to get back to work because I she didn't have a degree and she just had to fight to keep her position. So the fact that she was just like, formula is the easiest way for me to get back in there and keep fighting to like make a living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if yeah. that's why in the US it is so prevalent, like j- just the formula industry and how big it is, is just because they most women have to do it. Mm-hmm. But also, even if they choose to do it, like there's even though it's like the law that you need to provide safe spaces for a woman to like pump throughout the day, a lot of employers don't really let you do that, or you're like, you know, sent to like a closet that's not very nice, or there's not enough space, or you can't get away. So, yeah, yeah. my coworker yeah. was so stressed out about it when she was doing it. She's like, every time I'm in the bathroom pumping, I'm afraid that all the managers are just watching me the whole time to see, yeah. are you taking too much time? How many times are you doing this every day? 
Yeah, it's like you're doing something dirty. And then not to mention the social stigma. God forbid you feed your baby. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I mean, at least the U.S. finally agreed to it after Russia, but still. Yeah, we made well, the like right was- call in the end, but ultimately, yeah. it just, I don't know. It's kind of like we we kicked ourselves twice, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Here's an issue I'm interested in, in getting everybody's feedback on. Like I said, uh, we are an embarrassment on the world stage these days. And England, the people of England, really hate Donald Trump. Like, a lot. There's The last couple times I've been over there since Donald Trump took office, there's anti-Trump stuff everywhere. And he has said some offensive things towards England. Um, He insulted the mayor of London, I think, concerning their security when there was a terrorist attack last year. Uh, He has also gone against Theresa May. This is is an ally. England is an ally of ours. So Trump has actually not made a visit as president yet. But that changes later this week. He will be there. And (laughs) there was a campaign organized to raise funds by some Trump haters um, to fly a six-meter high figure of Donald Trump as a baby. <laughs> it's, it's a giant balloon, and he's holding a cell phone, and Trump is in a diaper, and he's got a spray tan, and you can see the tan doesn't reach into his eyes. Like, it's a typical caricature of Trump. And so they started raising funds for this, and, you know, people are like, oh, come on, they're never going to really receive permission to fly this. Well... Uh, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has given it permission to fly while Trump is visiting. So for two hours, this thing is going to be flying over the skies of London. And we are all praying that Donald Trump sees it because it'll be absolutely hilarious. You'll know he'll want to tweet about it. And I just cannot wait for the pictures of this thing flying. <laughs> But the question is, um, is this like inappropriate? Should this not be happening? Or is everybody here okay with it? I'm okay with it. They're I find not it hilarious. Yeah, like they're not endorsing violence against him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. This is just making fun of him. And sorry, like the US and, and Britain are both democracies. This yeah. is just how it goes. Gotta roll with the punches, Donnie. Yeah. But still, like, I can't imagine it's that often that something so large is flying within the city of London. <laughs> like, the mayor definitely did not have to say yes to this. <laughs> uh, but but Trump has insulted the mayor on previous occasions. So mm-hmm. you can't help but think that those insults were a factor here. And I think that's great. I can't wait for that day when we can just see Twitter and Instagram flooded with a 20-foot tall baby trump flying over the uk yeah it's it's uh, happening july 13th apparently so perfect yeah I'm, I'm getting ready to update my facebook cover art with a nice photo of this oh your brother-in-law is <laughs> gonna love that <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's gonna have a beautiful photo of donald trump looking tough on breastfeeding you can make <laughs> it your profile picture for a few minutes and then change it back uh no the bruce springsteen photo is my permanent photo <laughs> Babe, we could get married, and I'm still not changing my profile picture. I know. 
How do you feel about that? Are you expecting me to post a couple's photo at some point on Facebook? Like, No, I know you. You'll just have two husbands. It's fine. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Pat, by the way, has been studying Bruce. He's been kind of becoming a little bit of a scholar himself. He has listened to all of Bruce Springsteen's albums six times on his own just because he wants to learn all the music. Hashtag keeper. <laughs> that also helps that I love music. So in realizing all the music that I knew as a kid but never knew I w- it was him. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's great. All right. So uh, let's move on to our next story. Yes. Um, if you're somebody that spends a lot of time online, you might have noticed specifically on Twitter that the topic of toxicity and fandom has been very relevant as of late. Uh, this is kind of gaining more attention as Star Wars actors continue to speak out about the abuse and harassment they've endured since joining the franchise. And all of this kind of came to a head after Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose Tico in the latest movie, was actually forced to shut down her Instagram account after receiving months of harassment and death threats through the platform. Um, then the actress who plays Ray, Daisy Ridley, also had to do the same thing. And then at Comic-Con, Finn actor, uh, oh my god, I just blanked on his name, John Boyega. That's the one. Finn actor John Boyega revealed that uh, he's also received deep death threats since signing on to join the franchise simply because he's a black man that plays a stormtrooper. So uh, this is all kind of ridiculous, uh, but it doesn't stop here. Ryan Johnson, who directed The Last Jedi and uh, wrote the script as well, has also started speaking out about the harassment that he's received uh, in person and also online. And then recently, this past week, Ahmed Bass, the actor who played Jar Jar Binks, who is very hated among Star Wars fans, also revealed that he once contemplated suicide over the intense backlash he received just because of the character that he played. Um, This is all kind of awful, but, uh, you know, it's kind of sparked this conversation amongst creators and uh, actors and writers and directors. And as they're starting to speak out, uh, the influx of hate that they're getting from fans is just kind of, insane. Uh, Director James Gunn, who helmed Guardians of the Galaxy, recently took to Twitter as well to come to the defense of other creators. He wrote, people responding to this post saying, yeah, it wasn't the actor's fault. It was the writers are missing the point. Critique it, don't like it, but spewing hate and bile at individuals just doing their best to tell a story, even if the story sucks, is lame, don't watch it. And then later he said, Star Wars or any movie may be important to you, but it doesn't belong to you. If your self-esteem depends on how good you think the current Star Wars is, your child or your childhood is ruined because you don't like something in a movie, go to therapy. <laughs> so this kind of raises a really big point over whether people have the right to, you know, like, I mean, I guess you, you have the right to express your opinion, but there is definitely a point where you take it way too far. And yeah. I feel like as fans of things ourselves, uh, this is not anything new. I know that I've definitely seen it in other fandoms over the years, but um want to hear your guys' stories too. Like, is there a specific fandom that comes to mind when you think of, you know, the toxic hate that has kind of become this onslaught towards these bigger franchises as of late? Yeah, I remember a few years ago, 
Macy Williams from Game of Thrones, she's that's the reason why she started a YouTube channel was because of all the bullying that was happening to her about being a girl, about I don't remember everything that people were saying about her, but that's when she started to become an activist against bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know like um we have on Hypable have close ties to the one hundred fandom. Selena, who heads up that coverage, has done an amazing job with appealing to the 100 fans. But there's also a pretty toxic side of that fandom as well, and we've gotten a lot of hate from them. All fandoms have a toxic side. They they vary in size. Uh, of course, there's something there with Harry Potter. I think there was a pretty prominent one with Twilight. Mm-hmm. What James Gunn doesn't want to say, but what he's definitely thinking, and what I'm thinking, is that people need to get a life. You can't let yourself get so wrapped up in this. You have to accept things as they are. You are welcome to critique. We do it on these podcasts. We we do it on websites, on forums. But then to start, start spewing hateful language at people. Um, there was also this campaign a couple of weeks ago to raise money. And it raised a lot of money to reshoot Star Wars The Last Jedi and I mean, they were completely serious about it. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? You really need to find better things to do. I mean, like, that's what fan fiction is for. Go write your alternative universe right. situation and call it a day, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of funny, though, because like, obviously, aside from the show, I, I do a pop culture podcast with Selena, who, as Andrew said, is very involved in the 100 fandom. And sometimes we get emails, too, about people saying like, oh, you're being like too negative, like you should be more positive about things. It's like, no, that's not like my job to like everything, whether I'm talking about it or whether I'm writing about it. As somebody that right. consumes pop culture and makes a living out of talking about it, I'm allowed to respectfully explain why something doesn't settle with me. But as soon as it comes down to actually harassing people that create the things out there for, you know, entertainment's sake, like that's when you cross the line. So there's definitely um, a difference. And I think that in the age of social media, it's really easy for people to hide behind screen names and take advantage of, you know, spewing out toxic rhetoric under the guise of giving critique but there is a stark difference yeah yeah i feel like i remember seeing a lot of the backlash about the last jedi and it seemed like a lot of straight white dudes who were real butthurt about the fact that not every powerful figure in the movie was a straight white male yeah and it was i legit saw multiple people time and time again like kind of so like weaving this narrative about how like oh, women and minorities are taking over our story. And it's like, it's not your story, boo-boo. It's for everyone. Right. And they're trying to reflect that. I didn't personally enjoy Rose's like arc in the movie. And for me, discussing that topic began and ended within about 20 minutes of me leaving the theater after seeing the movie. And I haven't thought about it again since then. Right. So just get the fuck over it. It's a movie. But also, like, if you can't relate to somebody on screen just because they don't look like you, then you have a problem. Because guess what? There's so many people out there, myself included, who are minorities who have had to grow up 
consuming stories about people that don't look like them. And I've always found a way to relate. Gilmore Girls is like one of my favorite shows, but Rory and Lorelai don't look like me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I can't relate to the story. Yeah. Something that, uh, Pam, you mentioned that sometimes people tell you through the hype podcast that um, you're being too critical. We get that on MuggleCast too. We critique because we care. <laughs> we we critique because we want to see the fandom thriving in the best ways possible. The, the, the fandom and the creator thriving in the best ways possible. You know, I love J.K. Rowling to death, but she's also made some questionable decisions, especially in the past few years. And that's why we debate the books, even before the past few years with Fantastic Beasts and the, the various issues that have come of it. Uh, you know, we, we critique the books because... Because no, because nobody's perfect, and I'll 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 go to the grave for Bruce Springsteen as well. But I'll also critique him from time to time, and I'll also criticize some of his decisions. Right. But but that's that's on the other hand, that is what creators uh, need to be prepared for. They are going to face criticism. The problem with the internet now is that it's so easy to insult and not take any blame for it. You just hide behind a Twitter egg and you hurl insults. With no repercussions. So people do it more and more. Yeah, and like people just need to realize there that there is a difference between critiquing and attacking. Like when you're attacking somebody and calling them racial slurs, calling them just anything that's demeaning or hurtful, that's not gonna get anywhere. Where if you have a good critique that can open dialogue and further a conversation, that's healthy. Not all this stuff that these other people are doing, which is why I love being in the theater community and you have questionable plays that happen or stuff like that. And when things like that happen, they do talkbacks after so that you can sit and speak with everybody and be like, hey, this is what I was thinking about this. What do you Mm. think? And you can get discussions from the actors. You get discussions with the directors and everything so that it actually can clear up any issues that people are having rather than going down like a dark path. Yeah. That's a really great point because I, um, it, you know, there's all these like after shows now for TV and um, Netflix has done them for a few shows and powered through 13 reasons why season two. And while I didn't agree with a lot of the um, like story choices that they made, I understood the thought process behind them more after sitting through their, you know, after show special. So mm-hmm. um, in a way, it's kind of nice to hear from the creators themselves sometimes. Yeah. Although I have to say, I don't like those official talk shows because they're network sanctioned. Like you're not going to mm-hmm. get any real criticism on that type of show. Whereas a podcast, you can say whatever the hell you want. Right. right. <laughs> I think that's why you have to like, just like when you consume real news, you should read um, a variety of, of sources before you make a, up your own mind, not just a great go point. With one source. Yeah, great point. All right. Um, we have a little more fandom news to talk about concerning Game of Thrones in just a moment, but first it's time for a word from our next sponsor, Policy Genius. We've told you we've told you about them before. They are the go-to place for anyone searching for insurance policies of all types. 71% of people say they need life insurance, but only 59% have coverage. What is up with that? That means at least 12% of people are procrastinating. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if many of those procrastinators are millennials because that's what we do. <laughs> that is our thing. Eh, I'll do it later. This avocado toast is calling. But if you've been avoiding getting life insurance, procrastinating may have actually worked in your favor because while you were putting off getting life insurance, Policy Genius was making it easy for you, and it's so easy. Policy Genius is the way to quickly compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. I've been using PolicyGenius.com to monitor car and home insurance rates because those are important, they're ongoing, and they do fluctuate. Um, so I keep an eye on them via Policy Genius to make sure I'm getting the best offer. Uh, it's very simple. It asks you a couple of questions about what you're trying to insure, and boom, you're given a bunch of policy options from all the insurers. The, and these insurers, by the way, you can trust them. You know them. You've heard about them before. Your friends use them. But this just presents it all in a very easy-to-consume package. In fact, they have helped over 4 million people shop for insurance and placed over $20 billion in coverage. Don't let insurance shopping suck anymore. Use these guys to make it quick and easy. If you need life insurance, but you've been putting it off because it's too confusing or you don't have time, check out Policy Genius. It's the easy way to compare top insurers and find the best value for you. There's no sales pressure and zero hassle, and it's free. It's so easy, we're not even giving you a code to use. Just go to policygenius.com. When is this easy to compare life insurance? Why put it off? Uh, I think some characters on Game of Thrones probably should have taken out some life insurance because <laughs> lots of them have died and surely more are dying next year. Uh, Game of Thrones actually has been filming the past few months, but they're now wrapped forever. That's it. And over the weekend, Macy Williams, who plays Arya Stark, posted a picture of her presumably fake bloody shoes to Instagram, and she captioned it, quote, Goodbye, Belfast. Goodbye, Arya. Goodbye, Game of Thrones. What a joy I've had. Here's to the adventures to come. Hashtag last woman standing. Hashtag barely. Um, so the eighth and final season doesn't have an air date date yet but it's expected to be sometime in the spring or summer of 2019 um it's a big deal though it's end of an era this has been one of the most popular shows on television i don't watch the show though i I, like watch it in the background do you three watch pat do you watch yes Yes. i love yes (laughs) okay how you guys feeling are you feeling sad uh i have very mixed feelings i feel invested in the show at this point because i've stayed with it all this time however i feel like the last two seasons have not been great writing wise Mm. so i'm not as hyped about it as i used to be but i'm still gonna be there for the end yeah interesting i feel like this past season was it's kind of funny because they've dragged it out for so long so we've just kind of been coasting 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 and now we're like boom plummeting off the edge of the cliff and it almost feels like there's not enough time for them to wrap everything up so yeah. Yeah, I agree with the writing recently, but I just like I just really want it to happen. I just want it to be there. I want it to so I can see what happens and be done then. I don't know. Yeah. The anticipation is killing you, it sounds like that. Yeah, basically, especially <laughs> with the way the last season ended, I just really want to know what's happening. Yeah. Um and then there's also that spinoff. Do you guys think you're going to give that a try? Isn't this spinoff like it's going to take place like thousands of years before Game of Thrones? 
Yeah, from what I've read, it's supposed to be like when the wall, the infamous wall was created and uh, like how the White Walkers were created. Yeah. Does that sound interesting to you? I'll probably give it a shot for sure. Yeah. I think it's the smartest way to go about any kind of spinoff just because people are so invested in the idea of that because it feeds into what happens. So yeah, it's way smarter to kind of play with um, characters that somehow affect the main characters that we've been obsessed over for eight seasons. So Yeah, and I don't want to be able to see remotely any of the characters we've ever seen before. It should either be super far mm-hmm. in the future or way, way, way in the past, like they're planning. Yeah, I know a lot of people wanted, um, what is it, Rhaegar Targaryen's story, mm-hmm. which would be like, um, you know, Jon Snow's parents, but it's like, you're right, it's like almost too close to what we are kind of living through right now. So exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, In other game of Thrones news, we thought we should mention this. There's a prison in Maryland that has permanently banned the game of Thrones books because the novels contain maps of Westeros, which violates the prison's no maps policy. (laughs) And the prison officials say, uh, that the maps are contraband because prisoners are inspired to use the maps to attempt escape. <laughs> oh my god! What the fuck? They think they think these people are going to be like, yeah, let's go to Winterfell, <laughs> get out no, of this way. It's probably I, like a conspiracy thing where they're like, Winterfell actually means like Idaho, you know, <laughs> like that's the rendezvous point, and they're going to hide a real map, national See, treasure was- style, in the fake map. I was getting the impression that they would read these books and see the maps and be like, oh, a map gives you directions to your destination. Our destination is freedom. We should plot a course to freedom. And then they just break out. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm sure they've never seen a map before. (gasps) Yeah, right. They couldn't visualize that and get inspired. (laughs) But speaking of the Game of Thrones books, uh, it continues to be hilarious to me how George R.R. Martin has still not released a a book since, like, what, 2011? I think he's just given up, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the the show has already surpassed his storyline, and presumably they're going to be similar. Yeah, from what he said, that he's given them, like, basically what is going to happen, but he saved a few surprises specifically for the books. Oh. See, this is why I feel like the writing has taken a bit of a hit, because the show ran out of source material, and they no longer had George R.R. R. Martin's, like, perfect mm-hmm. dialogue to draw from. Now they're having to make it up on their own. And it's just, like, there's a stark difference when you right. go from, like, I think it's somewhere in season five where it really started uh, kind of dipping off in quality, in my opinion. Mm. And then, you know, it's a grim thought, but... George R. R. Martin is old. He's 69. And he still has a book after the one he's currently writing. So it would not surprise me if he dies before the series is complete. I really hope he has manuscripts and like a general outline so right. that somebody can pick up the mantle because that's really going to suck. It's got to be in his will, right? Right. Who would complete it in the event of mm-hmm. his untimely death. Kind of like yeah. J.R. Token son also kind of did some offshoots of his father's right. work. 
Yeah. But but they're like never that. as popular because you know. Right. It's like the girl with the dragon tattoo. That series continued after the author died. And mm-hmm. I, I think maybe the first one after the author died was big. And then after that. Or maybe he's going to pull up. Who was the author that like recently died? And he's like, I just want all my manuscripts to be like thrown into this ravine never to be seen <laughs> never, yeah that's a good idea i don't know who you're talking about but it's like if i can't write it nobody can right it is a, it is a big question you know these these creators get older and uh, people start battling for rights like stan lee's been caught up in what some have described as elder abuse harper mm-hmm. lee got yeah. took advantage yeah. of that's mm-hmm. so sad yeah all right. All right. Well, speaking of games, ooh, we are going to play the newlywed game between Pat and Andrew. Pat, this is the game that we play anytime we have one of our significant others on the show. We send your partner a few questions they answer about themselves so that we have the answers and there's no cheating. And we have you answer the questions live on air. Perfect. Ready? Let's do it. Okay. Are you scared? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just checking. I'm scared. People are going to think our relationship is bullshit. Mm, you, I mean, you're always learning something new about each other, so... Aw, that's know. so beautiful. That's very true. What a beautiful sentiment. <laughs> Pat has not heard these questions, by the way. No, he has not. All right, Pat, you ready? I am ready. Okay, first one. What was Andrew's worst subject in school? <laughs> Um, let's go with science. Andrew? I'm sorry, that's wrong. And babe, I told you I struggled in this one subject like a week ago. Did you? Yeah. It was Spanish. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Andrew, I'm disappointed to hear this. I'm very sorry, Laura. I think I didn't Pam have... probably is, too. Yeah, I was going to say, too bad Laura and I were not in your life. Exactly. <laughs> you were struggling. Cause... Oh, I hated Spanish. In all fairness, I was thinking, like, core subjects, you know, like, when you are in, that's like, elementary true. school. Like, that's what I was thinking. Spanish mm. is an elective. Yeah, well, it was the only foreign language I wanted to take. Because my dad was like, you have a better chance of getting hired if you know how to speak Spanish. I'm like, okay, I'll try to learn Spanish. Then I got a D. <laughs> I mean, is that technically passing? Well, uh, I mean, that's the worst subject I've ever had. I've yeah. Never failed a no, I know, but I mean, like, yeah, I was going to say, like, a D is, te- it's like the lowest passing grade. Yeah. Okay. But that's not passing in my book. I mean, that's <laughs> god awful. I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be nice to you, Andrew. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I'm self deprecating. I sucked at <laughs> Spanish. All right. All right, Pat. Next one. What is Andrew's favorite Bruce Springsteen song? <laughs> That's impossible. Yeah, this is assuming Andrew has more than one favorite. So you can also list the top three. And if you can guess at least one of them right, you get it. <laughs> well, just recently, like yesterday, he said that one of his favorites was Valentine's Day. Yeah, I didn't I didn't say that one in this list though. But you said it yesterday. I know. I said <laughs> another one a couple days ago. Do you remember that one? Um, was I drinking at the time? It's possible. Can I have an album hint? 
phone a friend. <laughs> I will say uh, River Outtakes slash Tracks, which is an Outtakes album. Oh, shit. I do remember you saying this, but I can't remember the name of it. All right. How about something off the Rising album? The Rising? The album? Are you saying the song? Yeah. That's a song no, in there, right? right? No. Oh, he doesn't know me at all. I'm getting back on Tinder. Okay, he's got like a thousand songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Andrew, to be fair. The the I know. I'm just kidding. The um the the tracks one I was referring to was Loose Ends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You said that while we were eating dinner. Yeah. At the tapas place. See, I remember. Yeah. Andrew, you're making me sad. I'm just I'm just screwing with him for for fun mm-hmm. for the show. <laughs> All right, Pat, what is Andrew's guilty pleasure? Masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, (laughs) is that your final answer? No, uh, guilty pleasure, I'm going to say, well, I feel like you've talked about it on the show before, but I don't know. (laughs) Go ahead. You can do it. You can say it. Okay. He likes to feel his balls and then smell them. (laughs) Yes. Good job. <laughs> and we have to tell the audience. So, so you know, we started getting comfortable in our relationship, and I start doing this. We're like, we're watching TV or or playing video games. I like to stick my hand down my crotch, and 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 like let my hand bake on my ball sack for a little bit, and then I pull it out and I <laughs> sniff it. And then, of course, I had to tell him that I that I do this, and, but now. <laughs> He laughs every time I do it, and I get all insecure. <laughs> and he tries to pretend like he's not going to laugh about it, but I know you're laughing on the inside. I do. I, I usually get a little smirk. <laughs> and there was I one time I was it. like, hey, let me smell it then, too. <laughs> what does it smell like? It depends oh. on how long it's been since you've showered. Ah, okay. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Maybe right, a little musty, sometimes still like so, but just depends. <laughs> I just want to do it in peace, okay? Just don't laugh. Don't Just pretend you don't see me doing it. <laughs> if they're just balls, it's fine. Oh, all right. All right, so you got one <laughs> so far. <laughs> I mean, there's still four more questions. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. If Andrew could spend a year living anywhere in the world outside of the U.S., where would he go? Well, this outside of the U.S. through a wrench. Let's just go with Germany. I said Paris. (laughs) Oh. I mean, they're kind of neighbors, right? True. That's a quick train. I was talking the other day about how I want to go to Germany with my mom and brother. Oh, Mike, Andrew, you basically, you're like setting him up to fail. (laughs) Well, you've said Paris, too, but you've never said you want to live there. You all the wrong answers before we play the game. No, I was thinking of dropping hints earlier today, but I was like, nope, that would that wouldn't be fair. Wouldn't be fair. It's true. All right, how many times a week on average does Andrew masturbate? <laughs> um, how long has it been since we've seen each other? Oh, like eighteen hours. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> I'm gonna say three. I think that counts. Yeah, it's close enough. Okay. I said I said two. Okay. I think you were you were within the margin of error. And truthfully, I mean, I may have lowered that number to sound less sad, so <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing sad. 
about masturbation. Yeah, that's true. But then Pat tells me like, oh, I don't masturbate during the week because I'm just looking forward to seeing you. And then I feel like shit. Well, if we pork enough, like, I don't know. Pork (laughs) enough? Pat said something really disturbing to me the other day. I don't know if I should bring it up. It's too much. Well, you already did, so... You did bring it up. He told me... Oh, he told <laughs> He told me that he counts my ropes. He what? <laughs> when we're having sex. You know, like when you, when you ejaculate, you have ropes of oh, cum. Oh, okay. He, he told me he's been counting these. I did like once or twice. It's not like every time. Yeah, but now I'm going to be insecure every time we're having sex because I have to make sure I hit the right number. <laughs> It really doesn't matter. I I was going to say, I didn't know this was something that people paid attention to. Exactly. Are you like taking averages or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was just like, it happened though, like whatever day it was a few days ago. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's my high score? Andrew, your rope count is so low. Is it something I did? (laughs) no this last time it was like six i think six or seven (laughs) it was seven look at you (laughs) i know right very impressive can't wait to see if i can improve on that number (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay um when andrew's just hanging at home alone with nowhere to be anytime soon how does he like to spend his time masturbating no No. um (laughs) playing video games Yes. Ding, ding, ding. I love video games. Leave me in peace with Mario and Zelda. All right. And final question. What's Andrew's favorite position? (laughs) Uh, Is he topping or bottoming? Well, that's the question. Oh. Oh, uh, wait. What was the question? What's Andrew's favorite position? You know what? I misread that, and uh, I answered top or bottom. So just oh, okay, answer. well, top then. Ding ding ding. We're both like top verse, so. Oh, I see. Top verse. Top yeah. verse. It looks like whoever wrote these questions didn't have Andrew's uh, thought process in mind. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Last one. <There's... laughs> All right. Well, I call that a win. Yeah. Good job. That was, Pat. Yeah, that was what you did three or four correct. And then some, like, half answers, I would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a winner in my book, baby. You win a free month of Patreon. You can't see me, but I'm doing the Queen of England wave. <laughs> <laughs> and one free blowjob. Yes. And maybe I'll even bottom for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was fun time for a word from one of our sponsors beta brand beta brand makes dress pant yoga pants the most comfortable pants you will ever wear to work these are yoga pant fabric with dress pant detailing including faux zippers pockets and buttons so you will be the most comfortable person in the office and there are so many options to choose from boot cuts straight leg crop leggings and more the great thing about these is they have selections for all shapes and sizes Regular dress pants can feel stiff and snug in all the wrong places, but Beta Brand's dress pants, yoga pants are a game changer for 
The woman who wants to call the shots in a high dollar meeting all while feeling like she's chilling in pajamas. I've gotten so many compliments on how good these look. And I actually let my friends feel me up to prove that they're actually yoga pant material. So it's like an added bonus. That's why I started wearing Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. Visit betabrand.com and use our code MILL to get 20% off yours. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you will ever wear to work. That's betabrand.com, B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com and use our code MILL and get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. All right. When I finally meet you in person, Laura, am I allowed to feel you up if you're wearing them? Absolutely. You just have to buy me dinner first. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And ask first. Well, that's why I asked right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're covered for a year. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We do have a couple of uh, announcements here at the end of the show. First of all, we are finalizing some new graphic art that I'm very excited about. Uh, We should hopefully be able to reveal that in another week or so. It's kind of going to freshen up the hashtag brand of the show and um just you know be reflective of us we are going to reveal it first to patrons so that'll be a little extra bonus for everybody this month and we look forward to seeing everybody's feedback there and speaking of our patreon we do have that new benefit that we announced we are going to start bringing patrons onto the show for a full episode pat was kind of a test dummy today i guess you could say (laughs) (laughs) thanks for trying it out pat how did you like it it's great okay good glad to hear that there's that benefit and a whole lot more at patreon.com slash millennial and actually um pat so you know we talked about his experience um working out with beachbody you are actually becoming a personal trainer right yeah i got certified as a personal trainer in february after seven months of studying that's long, awesome. It's a long, long, long process to get certified. Um, but if there is anybody in the Chicago area who would like a trainer, uh, let me know. I have a business web or not website set up yet, but my business email is fincutterfitness at gmail.com. So you can email me and we can try to meet up and talk it out. Yeah, that'd be great. You can trust them. Um, like I said, next week we will have another one of our listeners on, Parker. He is a Republican, <laughs> as we keep reminding you. It'll be I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's gonna be a good discussion, I think. It's gonna be a judgment free zone. It's gonna be very insightful. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um I've already spoken with Parker and he's just a really great guy, nice person, and has some really interesting contributions that I think he's going to be able to make to the show to help give us a little bit of a more well-rounded discussion. Yeah. So we're really excited to have him on. Cool. And Laura, what's coming up in After Dark today? Uh, We're going to talk about a crazy new way that uh, people can pay off their student loans. So True TV is actually launching a new trivia-based game show that is essentially geared towards millennials by having them play and the prize is that they can pay off their student loans (laughs) uh honestly sounds like a great game show i know i can't wait to watch it (laughs) (laughs) i like how it's on true tv that's as true as it comes like they just need their debt paid off (laughs) yeah true with no e 
And in honor of this, we are going to uh, play our own paid-off game show. We're going to call one of our listeners. And uh, if they answer enough questions correctly, they will win a free month on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. And they can apply that to some of their debt. Yeah, we can't pay your student loans for you, but we can give you a free month of Patreon. Sure. sure. <laughs> Just one more quick plug for our website, millennialshow.com. Um, you'll get information on everything that we spoke about today, including links to our Patreon, um, access to our older episodes, our contact form, our confessional form, and so much more. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. <laughs> Thanks again, Pat. Bye, everybody. Boys the yard, and they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge my milkshake. Brings all the boys to the yard, and they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Any outro song ideas? Is there like a song about breastfeeding? <laughs> oh boy. Or about milk? Milk. Milkshake. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> My milkshake. Okay. Except you should like dub over it so it's like my nut juice brings all the boys to the <laughs> 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 Perfect. <laughs>